welcome back to the Water Boys podcast. I'm here with my great co-host Josh. We're in my home in Surrey. Thank you for coming out. I know the last couple times we've done it over Skype, and it's a little hard. We did it over FaceTime, so we had to mute each other. That one is an experience. That was actually interesting. That was very interesting, and we had a delay too, so it was a bit off. It was a bit off, but (laughs) just seeing you with the AirPods on was pretty funny. Uh, first of all, happy new year, Nick. Happy new year. How, how were your holidays? Oh, you know, I was sick for all of it. Yeah. We got, I got, we both got sick at the same time. Yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) Not from seeing each other, but from, uh, our activities separately. You from work, me from a family party. Unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, with all of that going on, there's still some basketball, lots of basketball. Uh, did you... I mean, we were going to do a Christmas Day thing, but then we got sick and we just would have sounded horrible. Uh, but before we get to that, because I was going to transition into that, what about all these high scoring games from all these players? Isn't Ooh, it amazing? What a treat for our sickness, seeing all these 50 point games. We had a 70 point game. 70, oh man. We had a 60, I think it was a 60 20 20 from Luca. Luca, yeah. Then we got a 71 from Mitchell. Yep. Minton, he almost got that triple double. I think he was what, two assists or two rebounds short. I can't even. Remember. I don't remember. He only had like, was it like fifteen or eighteen points in the second quarter? Then he exploded for seventy-one. Yeah, poor. I, I felt bad for the Bulls. Two games in a row, they got shafted, and the refereeing was really poor in both those games. Well, they got their revenge today. They end the Nets winning streak, right? Oh, interesting. The Nets. Well, before we get into the points, let me give me give you some trivia. Okay, Nick. So through the first forty games of an NBA season, there's only been two seasons that have had more fifty point scores. So I'm gonna give you the year, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna give you the season, and you just tell me which players you think it might have been involved in that. So we have. The 1961-62 season. I'm pretty sure you can get two of the, two of these players. I mean, I'm going to go with Wilt, of course. Obviously. Then maybe Elgin Baylor? Yes, sir. I'm a little stuck on the third one. So the third one's going to be Bob Pettit. Ooh. So all of them combined for 27, 50, at least 50-point performances. Through the first 40 games. Now, the the second one is going to be the 62-63 season. And this happened 22 times. Can you name me the players involved in this one? I'm going to take a wild guess. Maybe Bill Wilt again? <laughs> Obviously. Who would have thought that? And there's one more. Maybe with Baylor again? Elgin Baylor? Yes, sir. So obviously those were the dominant players of that era. So those ones you would pretty much have to get. Now this season, there's only been 14. Difference being is there's been a heck of a lot more players. 10 different players have been involved in games in the first 40 games of the season that have had at least 50 points. Now, I'm not going to ask you to name all of them, but like You've been naming them. We know some of them. Uh, it just shows how much the game has evolved and the talent as is at an all-time high. Okay, okay. I agree with that statement, but I'm going to flip the question on you. Okay. 
Does it also tell you? Oh, excuse me. Does it also tell you that the refereeing in this game has also evolved and favors the offense a lot? Yeah, it does. I'm not gonna lie to you. It, it does. Um, I don't know about those seasons. I don't know if three seconds of the key was already implemented because I know they that that ends up changing because of Wilt, right? They they implement that rule so that to make it a little bit more difficult. So it's funny eh? that they, they back then they were you know implementing rules to stop someone from being dominant, whereas now I feel like the NBA is, does anything in its power to empower its offense to get more points out of players. If you if you catch my drift, right? And it's like you know players like Doncic. Guys that are going to command fouls and going to command going to the line. Same with Mitchell. Mitchell's like one of the guys that goes to the line the most, right? So I agree with you. The refereeing has changed and has helped out these players. But also, I think a lot of that also involves the fact that we take more three-pointers nowadays. And also, the NBA keeps changing the rules. So like I said, back then, you know, well, they did the three seconds in the key to stop him from being so dominant. Now they're sort of, you know, laying off on things, making things more easy for players to get their, to get into their offenses, essentially, right? we got the illegal defenses, the hand-checking rule back in the day, right? So whereas before, I mean, especially in the 90s, it was notorious for being such a slow, you know, it was like a slog fest, right? Because it was slow, it wasn't that fast type of offense. Now everything moves more quicker, you got better shooting, and the rules have allowed for the offensive player to be more dominant, which that has led to the refereeing being more in terms of on the offensive side rather than on defensive side. If you can, you know what I mean, right? It's interesting because back, back then the dribbling rules were a lot different compared to now. I mean, it's very relaxed now. The biggest culprit is that comes up to my mind is John Morant when he does those little hesitations and yeah, those little buildups, right? Yeah. He does carry the ball. Yeah. So it's, and a, a lot of different emphasis from like the NBA, right? They was it this season they've emphasized on the take file now, right? Yes, I heard somewhere on the podcast or, or sorry, not podcast, but broadcast on the game. There's about like seventeen hundred take files last year. So really, these rule changes are not for the game. It's or sorry, not for the integrity of the game. It's more for the product, right? So exactly. they don't want fans sitting there forever. Exactly. Watching a game that's dominated by fouls. So it's interesting to see because 80s, 90s, whole different rule sets, right? Yes. And then when the three-pointer came in and you have an emphasis on shooting threes now, then you have talented wings, bigs, point guards, everyone shooting threes. It's still... I mean, it still comes back to like, what do you need to win as a basketball team, right? You still need defense. You still need a good enough offense, but it's still a superstar driven league. For sure. And I think these 50 point games, I'm not surprised, but it does speak to the talent for sure. But also the NBA does cater to this offense a lot. 
Yeah, it does. And I mean, it's a reason, it's a reason why people watch essentially, and you can't really blame them. I mean, it's such a global game, right? With the, you mean, remember the last dance documentary when Jordan went to the Olympics, when he exposed the NBA game to the world and it's in like 215 countries now opposed to 90 something is this more eyes on the product. You got to make that product more refined and polished. Yes. And no doubt any of like, I have no doubt any of these players could probably drop 30 on a given night. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right. Any given time, even, even, you know, even if you were to drop like a bench player into any rec game, like these guys are going to dominate. They've been that good. And also the NBA does a really good job trying to promote its game, the game overseas too, right? Now how they have the, their academies out in Africa, India, China, and then they have like several spots all over the world. So they, they try really hard to expose the game, which in turn, you know, and this is what sort of leads back to, I hate going back to this, but you know, soccer, it is a global game. How, like how many billions of people play this game? How many billions of people watch this game? So how many people watched the world cup this past winter? Exactly. So you expose it enough, you get enough people watching it, wanting to play, and you have a higher population to choose from or to get talent from, which is essentially what the NBA is doing with all these academies all over the world. They're trying to expose it, trying to get as much talent as they can, because for sure you're going to get all the talent in the world from the States, right? Like just alone on the States, you could have your own league. But you need the diversity in order to for sure get the best of the best from all over the world, right? I mean, the top, well, might be a hot take, but the top three best players right now are not American. I mean, I wouldn't argue with you on that. Giannis, Luca, and Joker. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with you on that. The only, yeah. I know you're going to hate me. You know you're going to hate me. People are going to be like, what about Curry? What about LeBron? What about Booker? What about Tatum? And to be honest with you, the only ones I would really put in there right now out of the Americans would be Tatum and Curry. Yeah. And I would put Embiid over them and he's he's a Cameroonian. Right. So like those are the only guys that I would argue with you exceedingly on that. Other other than that, I think I would, I, I can't really say no to your top three. But anyways, transitioning into what we were going to originally talk about. Speaking of uh, domination in big men, I got a bone to pick with one of these, uh, one of one of the young big men. I'll give you a hint. Drafted first overall 2018. Comes from our favorite team that eliminated us two years ago. Oh, man. In the first round. All right. So let it out. What's your beef with Aiden? What's my beef with Aiden? This not. How do I put it in a gentle way? I don't have a big beef with how he handled the situation in Phoenix. I think, I think he handled it professionally. I think that one's on Monty Williams to amend that relationship. On the court, though, I have a big, big beef with how he plays. He just plays very soft. That. I mean, we didn't get to watch the Cleveland game together, but the games I've watched, 
it's always something missing from Aiden. Like when he rolls or when he gets that ball in the post, it's like he's stumbling with his feet and hands. It's like he doesn't make up his mind when he goes in the post. And he doesn't take it up as strong as I like him to take it up. Like defensively, you can tell he's a strong, strong dude. Offensively, he's like a flailing whale out there. I think a little bit better than Gobert, but I would say he's a he's way better than Gobert. I'm sorry, but Gobert's offensive game is. I didn't say his offensive game. I just said the way they flail up to the basket. Okay. It looks okay. like it looks like two kids trying to like screw in a light bulb. It's I don't know what they're doing. But Aiden gets it in. I'll give him that. But it's just there's something missing in his like there's just something missing. I just think he's gotta be tougher when he takes it up. He's gotta be ready. It looks like he's not ready with his hands all the time. You know who he reminds me of? And I'm not saying it's the exact game for game, but he does remind me a lot of Lamarcus Aldridge in in terms of in terms of that he was soft. In terms of that, he would rather go for a fadeaway when he could just go up for the dunk. Like, and that's like in my terms of he likes the finesse game. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I'm okay. not saying like, like I like I told you earlier, it's not game for game. But what I do see a lot is a lot of the finesse game, and I feel like with a body like that, you should be a little bit more aggressive. And there was one possession during the game today. I don't know if you remember watching it where he basically, you know, really battled it out with Allen and Allen ended up losing out on, on that battle. And Allen's no, he's no weakling. Like that, that man knows how to defend. And he, he got bodied by, by Aiton it caused the foul. But I feel like that's more of the game that he should be playing. Because I see a lot of the times he's taking threes. Dude, the threes are flatter than the prairies out in Saskatchewan. <laughs> like that's how flat his, that's how flat that shot is. He needs to improve on it. If he's gonna take it, he needs to improve on it. The biggest thing with his jump shot, and I'm no expert, is when he shoots it, he flails it forward all the way instead yes. of holding it, right? Yes. So yes. that causes for a flat shot. Yes. Because you're flinging it, essentially alligating arming arming it right and you made me choke on my spit but <laughs> flatter than the prairie's province hey man it was just <laughs> i'm just saying he needs he he really needs to improve on that you know he's he's got the talent for it he does i think he will get to that point i think it's he- just not a matter of this year and the problem being with this team you have an older chris and you need the other two guys to actually be more dominant. And you need that now because Chris Paul isn't going to last forever. He's getting up there in age. And I don't know if you saw the Knicks game. Knicks game, he did not even score in the first half. Like, he was just not there. I know they got their butts kicked against the Knicks. And even then, like the Knicks out-rebounded the heck out of the Suns that that game. And I mean, that's a big issue with the with the Knicks or with the Suns right now. But in terms of when you have Chris Paul right now, the issue is you need Aiton and you need Booker to be more dominant, and you need to be giving Chris Paul less of a role, or at least you give him less of a role. I mean, he did it the last few years anyways, where he was just 
passing it off, setting up everyone else. And then he would take over in the fourth, which is why he was so dominant in the fourth quarter and in clutch time. And I think he needs it more now than ever. But I, I think it, it also needs to happen where it's Booker or Aiden to initiate initiate the offense in order for them to be more more yeah i would say better cuz right now like we're not seeing the same chris paul we we've been seeing from like years past i mean the last couple games they're on a four game losing streak right now ever since that christmas game i think they i Against think they Memphis. went one in one in four one in five one in four in, they've in, lost in, to I would say three beatable teams, Washington, Toronto, Knicks, Cleveland. Yes. Albeit, they also lost to the Nuggets in that overtime game in Christmas where they lost. They ended up losing Devin Booker in that game. That was dumb because Booker came back early for no reason. It's Christmas games, man. They got to be there. Uh, <laughs> Christmas games. We're talking about Christmas games. Really, Christmas games. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they have the same record as oh, well. They have one more loss than the Warriors now, and the Warriors have picked it up last few games. I think they're on a five-game winning streak. I mean, six through ten, got the Clippers, Trailblazers, Suns, Warriors, and the Jazz. Depending on how long Booker and Cam Johnson are out, and whenever that Jay Crowder situation like finally resolves itself. That's a little uncertain moving forward. You're, you've basically exceeded your loss, your total losses from last season. So you know you're not going to be a top one seed going forward. That was, though, a pretty good season. A pretty good damn season compared. Like, those those are like... They've had two good seasons, right? right? They've been... Was it the one seed and the two? Was it two or three seed? I think it was a three seed. No, Here they two make it to the finals. Yeah, that was a two seed because we we're seventh that right, year. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've had two good seasons, but you're you've had what three locker room issues? I would say, or sorry, two. You don't deal Jay Crowder. You've been sitting in him at home, so he's just wasting away. You don't sign DA to a max, then you turn around and sign him when Indiana signs him. So that must be weighing on his mind. I wouldn't want to be there if you didn't want to sign that first offer, right? So that him playing right now, it's I would say it's a hundred percent professional of DA. Monty Monty and Mikel having their beefs with um DA. This seems like they have locker room issues, and I get it, they're injured, but which team isn't injured these days that's right but they've not been together all year long i see what you mean i just still think they have a higher ceiling than what they're at right now like this this right now as of today they still have room where they can shoot up the shoot up the standings right i mean even today against the cleveland team you know their bench is terrible right now. They really have no one that's going to lead them in terms of offense there. You saw that. They sat out Chris Paul for like two minutes, and then after Cleveland was coming back, and then they were like, okay, well, we need we need to put Chris Paul back in, put him in for the last 40 seconds of a third. 
so there is i agree with you like they've they're really cutting it close but at the same time they have been missing lots of pieces and i feel like they still have enough time for them to get everyone back healthy and just go on a bit of a run i'm not going to say they're going to be world beaters and they're just going to go you know 30 and 0 in the last 30 games of the season but i do expect them to not be losing games against you know the Knicks put up a fight i'm not they're they're not that terrible of a team this year right they really tr- they really play their butts off uh but like games against washington or even you know toronto who's really struggling as of as of now and everyone's losing their minds over whether they should blow it up or not which you keep asking me and i totally agree with you that they should but that's a conversation for some other time but i still feel that if they get their guys healthy they can still make a bit of a run going on here and i just feel like this where they are in terms of the standings in terms of the standings is just way too low for them like i i expect way better from them i do too but i mean chris paul's 38 Devin Booker has a was it a groin pull or is it a hamstring pull? See, it was it was first a groin, then it goes into a hammy. So, so you got to be careful of those. So Zion has that too, and he's out four weeks. So I'm assuming Devin's going to be out for four weeks. Yes, you shouldn't you shouldn't mess around the hammies. Cam Johnson tore his meniscus back in November. He's been out. He was supposed to be back by last month, actually. Nothing's happening on that front. They haven't given a timetable. Campaign went out today. I know he's not that big of a piece, but he sure would be a useful piece coming off off of the bench. He is, but well, I mean, he's coming back down to earth as well. Exactly. I mean, Shamit was playing well. He got injured. I think he came back in the game against the Knicks. So, like you see, there's just having really bad luck with health this year. And I and I agree with you. Like they're cutting it close right now. I mean, it's only a matter of time before the Warriors figure it out, right? Trailblazers are playing a lot better this year. Clippers are going to be there. I don't know about the Jazz. That's the one team. But if you had to play the play-in against the Warriors or the Jazz, I'm pretty sure you're going to be picking the Jazz at that point. For sure. For sure. And, I mean, there was what's their next schedule? So they're up against Miami on Friday. Then they have Cleveland, Cleveland again on the eighth Sunday. Golden State, Denver, and Minnesota. Oof. They could probably beat Minnesota, but you know. <laughs> oh, I mean the way they're playing right now. I mean that's that's the only other team in a worse position. Yeah. And yeah. the Wolves have been healthy. Yeah. Yeah, man. And in terms of defense, like you've been looking at, I don't. You've been watching their last few games on defense. They they've been lacking a lot. Just today was the biggest transition defense was horrendous. They don't pick up well. No, they don't. They don't at all. And the fact that you have to hide Chris Paul on another player, right? And you're forcing Mikhail Bridges to essentially pick up Mitchell, right? But wouldn't you, like any team in, in the league, wouldn't you just want your best defender on that guy? I mean, Chris Paul's definitely not going to be defending him. That's true, but I'm just saying uh, take that basically takes out Bridges on offense because you're running him to the ground at that point. Yes, 
Yes, I agree with that. I mean, they're one in seven in the last, was it eight games dating back to the 20th? They've lost to Washington twice. <laughs> oh, man. That's rough. That, that, is, that really is rough. I mean, they had that big game against Denver, where it was 128, 125, I think. Yes. Now, it's, that's a game that went to overtime. Yep. And then they shellacked the Lakers, of course, and they beat the Pelicans, but team hasn't been consistent no they haven't and i get it it's health but what is the best ability availability right yes sir as a like i said i'm gonna wait until everyone gets back i still feel there's there's one last push in them i feel like Um, they're gonna get embarrassed by new orleans it's setting it's looking to be a new orleans phoenix playoff series oh yeah for sure for sure but like i said well i i still think there is hope for them and that they've they need some of their key players to come back, and I think they will get them, and I think there will be a bit of a push. But also, don't forget, if New Orleans is missing Zion, well, they still got Ingram, yeah, McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, but Jonas, come on, man, Jonas, that's a dead guy you could definitely take advantage of. That's true. Try to get him on every man. Just make. Chris Paul run through every pick and roll he gets put in. Definitely going to get a foul called against him because he's never set. But that's another team where if you want to use that excuse of health, they've never been healthy. It's either Herb, Ingram, or Zion been out all at various times. So if you want want to use that, you know, if you want to give them that perspective on the Suns, then I'll give that perspective on the Pelicans and they're second in the West right now. Second or third, I forgot. No. Third, I think. Probably third, yeah. Because there's Denver and then Memphis. Yes, yes. So uh, we'll see, man. I, I, I still hold my. I still think they'll they'll get up a little bit more. And I don't think they're gonna stay in. What are they right now? Ninth, eighth, eighth. Yeah, and I think they'll I think they have a spot to go. Or they have a few spots to climb up there. They, I think they'll climb up, but whoever they run into, those top three West teams are scary. All three of them. Yes, sir. As they're in, like you know, one of the biggest issues they have is is the rebounding. I've already said this once, but like the fact they lost McGee from last year, even though he's cl- he, he is was big, not, he was not as huge as they thought he was going to be. But he, it's still a guy that can get you rebounds. That's a backup center minutes exactly. that you need, and it's what they don't have right now. Sarge for what he is. Well, he did tore his ACL. Remember that exactly. He's not going to be the one that's going to be out there taking out for Aiton and especially today they had him playing with Aiton in that lineup right because they needed someone he looked really slow when I was watching him he just he looks like someone who tore his ACL yeah and those and he had some turnovers too you know especially with a center like Aiton he got bodied by K-Love those bounce passes I feel like if you have Aiton there just throw it up in the air make make that guy go up for it and especially like Smaller guys, I'm not going to be able to reach all the way up there. So that was one thing I certainly sort of annoyed me a little bit because he tried going for that bounce pass right to Aiden. And it wasn't one time. It was like a few times where he tried to do that. I feel like, you know, throw it up in the air. Again, let him to let him catch it up. You know, what do they teach centers nowadays? Honestly, sometimes they got to keep their arm. They got to keep their hands up with that ball. Ain't nobody going to get them. And if someone does, it's probably going to be a foul anyways. Oh, what do they always teach you even when you're youth? 
hands up all the way when you turn go up yep yeah i don't know if you ever remember there was a basketball movie with martin lawrence i can't remember what it was called you know what he did he told them to put their hands up he put he put ben gay on in their armpits so they keep their hands up what's that you know that warm that warm cold stuff they put oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's what he put on them oh gosh <laughs> i mean you've listened to me rant enough about the suns i personally dislike them because of all the talking they did last season then i was relieved i was personally relieved when luca did his big boy thing on them <laughs> especially right. on cam johnson where he shook him twice and he bodied him right on the second one. Oh. Yeah, I remember you being so happy about that. But uh, yeah, man, I think either way, I'm not as much as I am a little bit higher on them. I just they're not winning a championship either. I think their window has officially closed. Yeah, it it has. All right, then, Nick, I think we've ranted enough about the Suns. Well, I've ranted enough. You know, you've you've chimed in with some pretty good perspectives. I enjoy that. Next week or the next podcast, what do you want to talk about? I'll let you take the floor next time so you don't have to listen to my voice. <laughs> uh, we've been taking turns. Last week, it was last time it was me. This Who did you rant here, about? Uh, we, I, I didn't rant. I just kept on talking about the Pelicans. Wouldn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. All right, then, Nick. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Love seeing your face. Thank you very much for being a host. And uh, I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time from the Water Boys. See you guys.